Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails, done. Outfit, stunner. And my skin, I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. Welcome to It Could Happen Here, a show about a, a bunch of shit, actually. Uh, but but our our core is collapse and uh, uh, political violence in the United States. That's that's where we got our bones. And today we're getting back to basics. We're we're going into the roots. Um, those of you who live in New Mexico are probably broadly familiar with uh, the 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 kind of basics of this story. Um, many of you probably will have heard aspects of this, but there have been a series of shootings that took place in December of last year and January of this year um, at the homes of two state legislators and two county commissioners. No one was injured, thankfully, um, but this was obviously something that was scaring the hell out of a lot of people, um, liberals and people on the left in New Mexico over the last several weeks uh, because they were clearly politically motivated. Um, New Mexico has had shootings at protests and its its share of the political violence that has swept a large chunk of the country. And this seemed like a real scary years of lead style escalation. Um, very recently, within the last couple of days of us recording this, it was announced that the police had brought in the guy who was responsible for organizing this. Um, he did not carry out the shootings himself. Uh, his name is Solomon Pena, um, and he was a, uh, a a former Republican candidate uh, for local office who hired four men um, in order to shoot at the homes of elected Democrats. Um, those are the basics of it. Uh, the arrest warrant affidavit says that Pena intended to cause serious harm or cause death to the occupants inside their homes, which seems Pretty credible based on what we know objectively about what happened. 
Um, it's also worth noting that Pena had donated repeatedly in the past to Lyndon LaRouche, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later. But I want to introduce my guest for this episode who knows the story much better than I do, uh, a local uh, New Mexico-based activist, Lucas Herndon. Lucas, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Glad to be back, sort of. <laughs> yeah, really glad to have you back. You've been on the show before. I I'm just going to kind of let you take it from here now that I've sort of laid out the bones of it. Yeah, thanks. And uh, just a couple clarifying points, um, which uh, only because things have been moving very quickly today. Um, this is the day after he was arrested. There is actually now evidence um, put out from the APD that um, Pena himself uh, was in the car and attempted to fire at, at least one of the targets. Apparently, he had an AR-15 that quote unquote jammed. It didn't stop that shooting from occurring. His accomplice, uh, who is unnamed at this time, at least to our knowledge, uh, did fire a Glock out of the car during that. That I mean, so the, there was still a shooting that happened. Yes. But it is worth noting that he was not just the mastermind, but also an active participant, at least according to what we know today. Yeah, it looks like the weapon that was used was a tannin black Glock with a drum magazine. Um, or at least the drum was seized at the thing. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Correct. Um, but yeah, so... I'm interested kind of first in if you want to walk us through how you became aware that these shootings had happened and how you would kind of characterize the impact it had on uh, on the community around you, because this obviously is is intensely frightening and is the kind of thing most of us who've been paying attention have been worried about happening for for quite a while. Right. Exactly that. Yeah. So, um, you know, in in the in the political nonprofit world, which which I work in professionally, um, it's not uncommon for the the whole um, movement sort of takes the last part of December off for the holidays. Um, so unfortunately, there was sort of not a lot of eyes on stuff in the latter part of December. But as soon as we got back to work on the 3rd of January, a series of events happened where there was a realization that there were shootings that happened at different elected officials houses right and um it turns out or it looks like that the the cops were just starting to put it together themselves but it came from um the fact that the first two targets were uh, at the time seated county commissioners in Bernalillo County um just to, for extra added confusion um one of those targets was she finished her term at the end of the year. So she's now, she's not technically sitting as a commissioner anymore, just, just for clarity. Um, but then over the course of, of, you know, those weeks that we were all out, there were also then shootings at um, one of the state senators uh, homes. And then in January, there was also shootings at the campaign office of who the gentleman who is now our state attorney general. Within our sort of movement of people that work on you know political things, we were all gearing up for the session. Uh, our in New Mexico, our legislative session kicks off a sixty day term. Uh, it actually started today on January seventeenth, and it became clear to all of us that this was happening. And we started you know talking amongst ourselves, and we we did find out that at that point the cops had started piecing it together. They were um, piecing together pieces of information. It turns out that after the shooting on the third, um, the only other named accomplice so far, this guy, uh, Jose Trujillo, 
was arrested uh, 40 minutes after the shooting um, APD because of um, ongoing issues with um, crime in the in the city of Albuquerque has like a quick response like system set up that like tracks gunfire <laughs> and yeah so they were able they were able to track this guy down um, he was driving a car that was registered to Pena um, and uh, there were other connections obviously that the you know cops put things together. And then, yeah, and they executed the search warrant yesterday. There was a SWAT situation. It sounds like it was um, preventative more than anything. Uh, but it, but it, but some of the stories have, that have come out is that uh, he was reluctant to leave at first, but um, there wasn't actually any uh, overt threats of violence. But you know, the cops did respond with SWAT when they arrested him. Yeah, I mean, given the fact that he had carried out a series of shootings, uh, not surprised to hear that. Now I'm I'm kind of curious. Was there a community response prior to sort of Pena being exposed as and arrested? Was there a community response kind of reacting to the fact that there were uh, was an escalating series of shootings targeting local elected leaders? Yeah. So uh, the company I work for, Progress Now New Mexico, we put out uh, a series of tweets. Um, basically, as soon as we had started putting two and two together. Um, you know, we, we were careful to say that this appears politically motivated. We don't have hard evidence, but it's hard to not put those two things together. We at progress now, and, and me specifically having worked here for a very long time, um, I have been tracking political violence here in the state, um, for, for a while. And, and I've, I've, I've been part of it in the sense that I was, uh, threatened and doxxed in 2020 as were some of my other colleagues. And so it, you know, it, these things hit close to home. Right. And on the, and on the one hand, it's, it's tough to see these things as anything but political violence uh, for, for those of us <laughs> like you, Robert, that like we see it all the time because we're paying attention to it. On the other hand, there is unfortunately a lot of gun violence in Albuquerque. And, you know, so there were, there were some pushback people thought, Oh no, this is just, you know, there's just that much gun violence, quote unquote, but that's you know that was a silly premise honestly and this was very clearly politically motivated and now that we have a, a person to attach this to and we can look at his social media history and and you know stuff we've found in telegram stuff on his twitter it's so clear i mean he we just actually even today right before we got on uh, here we just published another uh telegram piece that we found on our twitter that he threatened the secretary of state after he lost his election, um, telling saying that he she should, quote unquote, hang until she's dead. So, yeah, I mean, he's this has been an ongoing part of his um, ideology for a while. You know, he has a lot of pro MAGA uh, posts, um, a lot of big lie, you know, tainted election, you know, uh, rhetoric all over his social media, such as it exists anyway. Yeah. Now, has this altered at all um, or had an impact on your thinking of, um, you know, w- when you have attacks or a series of attacks like this, as you said, it's impossible to say prior to kind of knowing who did it that like this is certainly politically motivated. But it, at a certain point, it becomes kind of reasonable and and safe to make that assumption. And I think also necessary when you're trying to to protect a community and get people prepared for the likelihood that they're going to encounter violence. 
Um, we've also had though cases where like it, it is impossible to know. You know, we we had a a series of attacks on power plants last year. We still don't know who did the ones in North Carolina or who did the ones in Portland. But it turned out that the folks who did that Christmas Day attack um, on a power substation in um, Washington State were um, uh, uh, just robbing a place, right? Effectively non-political. So it, it is kind of impossible to get 100%. Has this altered at all your kind of feelings on when and at what sort of point do we start raising the alarm? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that progress now, you know, my my, my organization that I work with, we... As soon as we heard something was afoot, we put out the word for us. Yeah. It, it was for us. It was a matter of safety as, as, as people who've lived through it ourselves. Um, this was a time that the community needed to be aware of these things and be thinking about it. Um, and and to be honest, at, you know, our, our group discussion about it was it was better to be safe than sorry. If if somehow this wasn't political or if it was maybe personalized or something like that, Um at, at you know at these legislators and lawmakers mm-hmm. rather than it being overtly just political ideology you know that would be we could walk it back but again it was for us we made the decision that no this information needs to be out there um we have especially as we were gearing up for the session there was just there's too much on the line um you know up until a couple of years ago at our state legislature which we call the roundhouse because it's a big round building yeah. um up at the roundhouse you could carry firearms into the building. Um, it was just a sort of a remnant of New Mexico's sort of uh, Wild West days, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but uh, with the with the rise of with the rise of far right related violence, and you actually did have armed insurrection minded people showing up um, in and around January six. But even before that, really, during during the 2020 lead up with a lot of the MAGA rallies, the Trump trains and all that, the the legislature passed their own you know rule saying you couldn't bring guns into the into the legislature. And that was upped even further this year by the installation of uh, metal detectors. So but that's new. But that was directly related to this, this this looming threat over over lawmakers in the state. Um they didn't know if they were going to have anybody in custody before things start started today. And so the legislature made that decision for themselves that they were going to institute that policy and have metal detectors on the way in. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, that, that makes sense. And that I, as I understand it, that it's still the law in the state of Texas, actually, that you can be armed inside the Capitol building. I certainly had been during protests years ago. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
You're probably careful with your personal information, but what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed, or your money back. With plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 40%. Terms apply. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's interesting, the um, watching kind of the simultaneous adaptation by the, the law enforcement, by kind of elected and, and sort of standard centrist Democrats and by the left in different ways to this escalation in in political violence and kind of the acceptability on the right of using the threat or the practice of violence to try to push um, for political ideology. Um, because we, it, everyone is kind of adapting in real time to it. Um, I'm wondering, how are you kind of looking at this from the left? How are you, how are you feeling about the way in which the actual state has responded so far. Yeah, it's complicated. Um, so the tradition in New Mexico is on the opening day of the legislature, the governor gives uh, the state of the state address. Um, and I, I covered that earlier today. One of her key points, and she and she tied it to this very issue, was she is pushing as a priority bill this year a quote-unquote assault weapons ban uh, there is also another legislator who is pushing um, a what we would call a standard capacity, but what they call a high capacity magazine ban. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then there's some other ones that are maybe a little bit more um, reasonable, like safe storage, um, which is something that I can get behind. Yeah. You know, and I I think there's a couple of things here to consider. And, and you know, and it gets complicated because. People on the right have dominated the conversation about guns and, and gun control for so long that it's hard to have um, well-intentioned conversations from the left, I find. Mm -hmm. um, and Yeah, and, I would agree. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So, you know, speaking personally as a gun owner and as somebody who has um, made the decision in my life to be, uh, you know, armed and ready and have, you know, body armor and I, you know, I don't just shoot guns. I train with guns. I train other people. I have a group of people that I work with and trust that if things ever got real bad, I would, you know, we would call each other. Um, being that guy, uh, I obviously have very strong feelings about being told by the state that I don't have a right to defend myself with the same types of weapons that I know the other side has. Right. So I think the answer, you know, sorry, that was a little bit of a roundabout, but the, yeah. the point is that, um, the person who perpetrated this, um, Mr. Pena, it's unclear, but he is a felon mm-hmm. and, um, there is some hay being made about, um, how he and others may have possessed guns. And, you know, the reality we know is that it is not hard or difficult um, to try to get guns one way or the other. And so, and, and. No, you can just drive across the border to Texas for one thing. I mean. Right. Or yeah, Arizona. They, they, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Arizona. This guy was already, what was in fact restricted from being able to own any kind of firearm. Right. Right. And and so it is hard to uh, be somebody who works on in the political left. And I work on a lo- number of policy issues. My my day to day work focuses more on energy issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but but, you know, but I I have been doing this work long enough that I I step in whenever there's stuff like this happening and cover it for for, for my work. But it's yeah, it's um it's going to be interesting to see, you know, I, I don't know if there's the political will in the state, New Mexico, um, even, you know, moderate Democrats are, are hunters, are recreational shooters. Um, and I think that there's, you know, there is some strong feelings about gun violence. We, there was a very tragic death um, involving children last year during our legislative session um, where, where I, uh, a middle schooler, I believe, maybe a high schooler, a, a kid either way, um, took a pistol from his parents, you know, sock drawer, basically, and shot a kid. And, you know, th- so again, safe storage is one of those things that I think most people generally can get behind, especially if we do something really good, like subsidize safe storage, so that if, you know, if you're a person who is of lesser means, but you still want to protect yourself with a firearm, you can figure out how to get a safe st- uh, or something like that. Anyway, that's so there there are things that we can do. Um, I think we know that outright bans, one, don't work and are hard to pass and things like magazine capacity things, the enforcement level becomes difficult. And um, a good example of that is in New Mexico, we did pass a red flag law a number of years ago. And, uh, you know, I've heard, I know you've talked about red yeah. flag laws in the past. And, you know, and we had what a lot of states have had, which is that a number of sheriffs in conservative counties just very publicly said out loud that they weren't going to enforce it. And sure enough, you know, last year during the summer, uh, when we hit the two year mark of the law being into effect, it had been used less than a dozen times um, statewide. (laughs) And so. Yeah, I mean, and one of the one of the things that's of obvious concern is if you have a lot of people living in these conservative areas where the sheriffs aren't enforcing the laws, um, they effectively have the ability to take the firearms they can acquire there to the areas that have maybe more restrictive gun control where there are elected Democrats and then shoot up their houses. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I think kind of outside of that, I'm wondering, 
so, and obviously we're still looking at the fallout of this. There's still quite a bit we don't know. I don't think there's a lot of context on how Pena found these men that he hired. Um, although I, I am interested in that. I think it'll be, it'll be worth learning. Is, is there kind of a lessons learned that, that you're going through with this here? Has this altered at all kind of going forward, how you think you might respond or your community might respond the next time something like this occurs? Oh yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple, I mean, actually one of the things you just said is that we don't necessarily know how we found these guys and and that's true because we still don't know the names of some of them. But the one the one man we do know um, was one of was a was a person who donated money to him while while he was running. Because because, yeah. again, remember, this this is a this was a man who was running for office last year and lost three to one. Um, and and yeah. And so this this one accomplice whose name we have, Jose Trujillo, donated to him. And um, they're very you know, they're they're clearly um they clearly know each other and have some sort of a connection there but i think what's worth noting is that going down that path right so when i looked up that guy i found the the political donation from last year and while i was there looking at political donations i just happened to look at all the other names which is how i fi- found the other uh, you know the name of the other man who has this connection to him um uh, fletcher and michael fletcher right and um, that guy, two, uh, two years ago during the you know the 2020 protests, drove a car through a crowd of protesters, and um, thanks to some amazing um, you know anti-fascist organizers here in New Mexico, they were able to identify him, even though the cops never did anything about it. And so I think that if if there's going to be lessons learned here, it's that these people have been showing their true colors for a long time. And um, there's if 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 we're going to have police in this <laughs> world we live in and we're going to ask them to, quote unquote, keep us safe, uh, then they have to do their job and they have to follow up with with things like, you know, somebody driving through a crowd of people. The video is is on our Twitter thread. It's very scary. I mean, I know people have seen it all over the country. It wasn't just unique to New Mexico. But um, anyway, that guy was Pena's third highest donor. And is a young man his his listed profession is security guard and um and the other guy Jose Trujillo is listed as a cashier so there's a lot of questions about how how did these young men have so much money it with jobs that are you know you don't necessarily have a lot of money lying around if you're a cashier or a security guard at least at least not to donate to political candidates back when i had jobs like that i didn't anyway <laughs> um and especially then also for all the guns they have right like there's pictures of these guys with a table full of Glocks and, um, you know, and mags and that's, that stuff is not cheap. So I don't, it, there's, there's, there is a, these people were known to law enforcement one way or the other. Cause again, Pena was a felon and, um, I want to be clear. He was able to run in New Mexico because in New Mexico, we believe felons deserve a second chance for things like running for office. In fact, it'd be great someday to have somebody who's maybe got that life experience to become a legislator. Obviously, there are circumstances like maybe this one that prove that uh, people haven't, you know, turned around from whatever life they were leading beforehand. But we're also but we're also not here excluding people from being um, being a felon does not make you a bad person. That's what I'm really trying to say here. But yeah. A felon who has a history like this and then has clearly demonstrated a will towards violence and hangs out with violent people 
um, maybe there should be some things done to keep an eye on those people. <laughs> Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is one of those situations that uh, there's a number of different solutions to, or I think things that will will lead to solutions, but it's also, uh, it's much more muddled than people would like it to be. Um, I I think, I I tend to think that from the perspective of like people who are, activists who are members of the community, one of the better things that we can do is keep an eye as y'all do on who's doing what, like, you know, when you have people who are donating to one of these right-wing you know, fascist kind of candidates, um, when they're saying certain things on social media or the candidates saying so things on social media that are seen as incitements to violence, like keeping those people on your radar is 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 useful and keeping you know as you did being able to kind of document once somebody actually starts acting hey this person has has made further threats in the past um these are groups of people that might be at risk from them we know this person like here's evidence that this person is and and has been a threat that's all really useful um the the question is always is like how do we actually 
stop these people before they carry out violence? Um, and this is a question that that to to be certain, uh, law enforcement in the state don't have very good answers for because they only kind of come in and take action after um, the attacks have started. We just got lucky in this case that nobody was hurt or killed. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. there have been a couple of, of mass shootings averted as a result of anti-fascists finding someone who was making threats, uh, who had firearms, and in some cases, like, was not legally supposed to have them and making that public ahead of time. Um, but more often than not, it's sort of this case, as it, as it was with Pena, where we're, the name comes out, we realize who it was, and it's like, yeah, we had we had this guy documented, we knew this dude was a threat. And I, I think that's the, that is still kind of the, the thing that we don't have a good answer to is is what is the actual how do you how do you actually take action to stop these people from carrying out the attacks because obviously there's a thousand different legal issues with that there's a number of different moral issues with that because for every guy like Pena who talked about carrying out attacks and then attacked people there's a couple of dozen who talk about shit like this and don't do anything but um i don't know this is this is something that i think that I think has to be answered and it's not on, you know, you specifically or the New Mexico <laughs> activist community to figure it out. Oh, um, <laughs> but it is, it is like, this is a big part of the struggle, I think, because the, the, the cops and the state will do the thing that they do, which is when there are bodies or when there's bullet casings on the ground, generally, eventually someone will get arrested. Not always, not necessarily even the vast majority of the time. Again, nobody's caught the fuckers who were blowing up power stations in North Carolina. Right. But, you know, that. so I think the question for us that, and, I, and I'm sorry, folks, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be saying, here's how we solve the problem of armed right-wingers carrying out attacks on people is how do we, how do we get from knowing who's a threat to stopping them effect effectively stopping them from carrying out actual attacks and that is you know as, as our years of lead uh if that is what we're in and and boy things like this make me think that that's a a reasonable way to describe the present political situation in the United States yeah um this is something we're going to have to answer and uh obviously you know i've asked you kind of your lessons on it we don't we don't I don't think there's much more to say at the moment, but it is, uh, this is, this is the question, right? Um, it's a question we ask ourselves, or I know people are asking themselves up in Portland. Um, the guy who carried out an attack almost exactly a year ago at a protest in Portland had a long history of making threats online. And now one person's dead and others paralyzed. Several more have been, have been injured. You know, these are, this is, this is a tough question and it's, it's not one that, uh, I think, just kind of raw ideology actually gives us a very good answer on because there's the there's the emotionally satisfying answer which is like well we just need to get some folks together and go like fuck these people up and it's like well you can't that's actually not a realistic solution <laughs> because number one there's so many people making these threats like you don't actually have the 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 human bandwidth to for that to be realistic outside of the fact that those people would be destroying their lives and throwing themselves into the maw of the state to do it so this is this is a toughie um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do. There's, I mean, there's one, there's one part of this that I think New Mexico can, can offer some, some, I don't know. There's one thing we got right. And, um, I don't know if, if, you know, everybody out there is familiar with the name Coy Griffin 
or his organization, Cowboys for Trump. But uh, during the lead up to the 2020 election, this guy kind of made a name for himself. Uh, He went around the country on horseback with a bunch of dudes and they all dressed up like LARPing as cowboys. Um, Most of them are not. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they had American flags and they yeah, literally called Cowboys for Trump. This guy was a seated county commissioner in Otero County here in New Mexico. And um, he went to January 6th and he was the first convicted person from the January 6th fallout. And he lost his seat uh, in in Otero County, which is like the smallest amount of thing, right? Like it's, yeah. the man should have been locked up. But um, but one of the things that is frustrating, but also maybe good is that, you know, I, through my work doing what I do, I had been documenting this man for years because he'd been saying all kinds of crazy shit. Um, it, sometime in, in 2019, I think, or maybe it was 2020, he like went up on top of a mountain to pray. This is his words and recorded himself on a Facebook live and like literally said that black people should go back to Africa. And like th- this, this video was on his Facebook and I mean, it had been out for days and nobody said anything about it anywhere until I clipped it and put it on Twitter. You know, I, I took I took away the 40 minutes of other weird shit, he said. And I put that thing out into the world and said, this man deserves to be like under so much scrutiny. It's ridiculous. And then, of course, it got press. And then, of course, he came under fire. And then a couple people were paying attention. So then when he went to January 6th and again on a live video because people can't stop Instagramming their crimes, he said he was taking all of his guns and going to meet his, you know, homies in in Washington. And so he got arrested. He got arrested there. He was one of the few people who got arrested, like on the ground that day because the FBI and the Secret Service were already looking for him because, mm-hmm. again, somebody else had been out loud about saying uh, this man literally just said he's taking guns to D.C. Is somebody please going to do something about this? So I don't know. It wasn't great. And I feel like more could have been done. And again, fortunately, no one got hurt. I mean, I guess people did if you want to take the whole of January 6th into into um, the consideration. Yeah, I mean, but, <laughs> yeah, but I guess I guess my point is, is that it it, it it's sort of just a constant vigilism, right? It's like yeah. you just have to be and it's, you know, and obviously one person can't do it, but you have to have groups of people that do it. I mean, I'm. I'm one guy who works with an organization of people and we work on a number of policy things in the state. And again, I don't necessarily do this all the time, but I also know that there's a number of amazing people, especially in Otero County, um, which is a very conservative county. But there's a number of amazing people who do really hard work and they show up at county commission meetings and they get thrown out and they go to school board meetings and they get thrown out. But they go and they document it and they tweet and they TikTok. And and it's it's you know, it's that work that puts the word out from these little tiny places. You know, the last time I was on the show, Robert, we were talking about the school board stuff here in Las Cruces and the right wing chuds that had showed up to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the same thing, right? It's like you don't I mean, you can't do it alone, but it doesn't take that many people to show up. And as you know, and once you once you show them that you're not afraid and that there's more of us than there are of them, they tend to slink away. And I think that there's I think that there's value in that. And there's you know, it's not the answer that you're talking about, but there's there's a modicum of hope there worth remembering. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. That's those are all really good points. 
Um, well, Lucas, I think that more or less covers what we came to talk about today. Did you have anything else you wanted to, you wanted to say to the audience before we kind of roll out of here? Anything you wanted to plug place you want to well, push donations? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. yeah, I'd just like to say that, you know, I, <laughs> the number one donor to this guy's campaign is a corporation called Jalapeno Corporation. It's owned by a billionaire named Harvey Yates. He's part of the family that discovered oil in the state of New Mexico. New Mexico is the second largest producer of oil in the United States. Mm -hmm. Harvey Yates donated to every Republican candidate this cycle. And I think that what I want to like just just say out loud, because again, my my job is normally I talk about energy issues, is that on the one hand, you know, it, we have questions about where some of these young men who have, you know, cashier jobs and security guard jobs, where they came up with $4,000 to donate to a political candidate over the course of a few months. It's not unsurprising that an oil corporation donated $5,000, right? Yeah. But, but what's worth remembering is, is that, you know, these <laughs> these mega corporations of, of all stripes, but especially oil and gas um, are the backbone of the political movement that we are talking about, you know, even if we're sort of beating around the bush, right? There's there's one side here that is dominated very heavily by this far-right extremism. And they and they and the their funders treat them all the same, right? Like oil and gas companies don't care if you're a quote unquote moderate Republican or a hardcore right-wing MAGA guy or a literal Nazi. They yeah. just want somebody who's going to like get in there and, you know, give them tax subsidies. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I just the 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 fight over energy issues in this country is is often framed around climate change as it should be, because, I mean, obviously the climate crisis is something we can't ignore, but it's so much worse than that. <laughs> and, you know, we could do a whole other thing about that someday. But I just. It's just so important. I can't let it go. Um, you know, looking looking at at this at this what I'm going to call a domestic terrorist's donation sheet. You know, and seeing that the number one, you know, his number one donor was this oil and gas guy. Like, it's just not a coincidence. It really isn't. And, yeah. and it's it's worth remembering. So that's yeah. that's the last thing I want to plug, or last thing I want to say. In terms of plugs, you can find me on Twitter. I'm just Lucas E Herndon. And if you are interested in New Mexico politics things. You can follow us now at Progress Now NM. Awesome. Uh, well, you cannot find me there, but you can find <laughs> me elsewhere. Um, you'll figure it out. Thank you, Lucas. This has been really, uh, I mean, good is a weird word, but I, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's um, what happened last time, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll have you back on in the near future, and we will be back tomorrow with some more shit. That is uh, hopefully uh, fun, fun stuff, maybe fun stuff. I always get the episodes where it's not it could happen here. It's it did happen here. Yeah. <laughs> A thing has occurred. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> All, All right. right thanks, Robert. Thank you. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. 
the hottest games right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit tomboyx.com. 